0: Hello and welcome to The Road Provides, a travel podcast for the next generation of travelers, adventurers, and vagabonds. Coming to you from God's country in Whitefish, Montana, my name is Bradford Clement. I'm joined by my co-host in Denver, Nate Sundermeyer, aka the Nickelback of travel. today we're hitting you with our hot travel takes you already know we'll pass some of our best transportation hacks on to you as well and finally we're back to revealing some of our prized off trail destinations for you to consider on your next trip so strap in kids this thing might go off the rails at any minute this is the road provides
1: Look at this
0: photograph. Nate, you look like a neck pillow. <laughs> Again, welcome, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Nate, what is happening, my brother? You know, I
1: think I'm hitting this podcast with more energy than a lot of other ones. And you know why? It's because today is the first day in like 10 or 12 days that there hasn't been smoke in the air from these fires. So I think I've got more oxygen to my head than I've had in a while. And I'm feeling refreshed. It's like I just went into an oxygen bar for an hour. What's going on in Montana, Brad? It looks like
0: you just took like a a scoop full of (laughs) pre-workout. You're ready to run through a brick wall. I like it. I like it. I'm here for it. Gotta have Uh, it. We got your smoke, somebody's smoke, Mm. uh, yesterday the day before, I don't know where these uh, fires, are coming from maybe Norcal or something, but we had a smoke advisory yesterday, and you could barely see the mountain up there. It was pre- it was pretty gnarly. Otherwise, man, I'm good. You know what's crazy is like I'm ready for winter, and I don't know if I've ever said that oh, in August. But... I'm ready for
1: fall. I just I, I before winter, I'm like just ready for the temperature to drop. It's been in the 90s, and I'm just like, how much? I'm running out of gold bond, Brad.
0: Anyways, <laughs>
1: <laughs> on that note, uh, let's hit into something that's not cool and refreshing, something hot, and that's our travel takes. So basically anything in the travel realm that is unconventional,
0: a bit edgy. So Brad, what is your travel take? All right, today I'm serving up a little something. It's maybe a little bit of extreme, particularly, I don't know, I think for everybody, not even just younger listeners. That's but, the point of this shit, Brad, come on. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, it's coming to you. Leave your phone at home on your next trip. If you truly want an adventure to scu- to discover something about a place maybe even yourself, dump the phone. Smartphones are a crutch, straight up. They will make they will make your trip a thousand times easier, no doubt. And you'll likely miss out on some great connections, maybe even a friendship or love, but I say do it anyway. Phoneless, you're absolutely forced to think for yourself, to ask real people for information, to trust the stranger, to remember landmarks, maybe even learn a new language, Those exercises will leave a deeper impression on your brain and your travel spirit, Nate. (laughs) What you're doing is you're actively creating your own trip instead of following your phone like a lemming. In the end, I think you'll grow tenfold in half the time of your fellow travelers. I will bet my passport on it. Nate, tell me I'm wrong.
1: Okay, first of all, I love when you're getting <laughs> into the whole travel spirit and growth and whatnot, but my thing is, Brad, look, I, I've, I've traveled to you probably total in total about 10 days. I don't see you leaving home without your phone. I think it is absurd. If you're thinking, I don't care if it's 10 days or three months, the idea that you would leave your phone and leave music, the ability to take pictures in that capacity, talking to your family and friends, all of that is so important. I think it is like, I don't know. I I, Granted, I think there are ways that travel is better without phones. But at the same time, I think I would leave it for a day, maybe half a day. But the whole trip without it, I'm not getting on a 10-hour flight without music and headphones. I've been on a night bus without – I lost my phone in Vietnam without a phone for 10 days. But I was on a night bus and I had a panic attack. I was like, (laughs) if I had my fucking Sleepy Boys playlist, which is a playlist I have – I could have like calmed myself down. That's what would have happened. That's what the phone does.
0: I can't, I can't argue with that. Particularly. I love the, the access of the camera on the phone and what they're doing these days with, with smartphone cameras is just, it's crazy. But I, I come from an age where the first half of my like 10 plus years of travel, they just didn't exist, you know? So it's, it's kind of nostalgic, but I remember those days just being so much more connected to where I was and what I was doing. And you just really learn to kind of fend for yourself and to really just just to plug in to the people and the places that you're experiencing and the knowledge you get from that, I feel is so much more rewarding because it's earned. And instead of distracting yourself for the podcast, though, I love podcasts on, on trains and buses, and they certainly do calm you or help you pass the time or help you pass out. I don't know. There's just something that I really miss about those days. I said it makes your trip easier, right? Do you think it's that big of a leap for you? Mm. I feel like I could pull it off, but I think I think that's... it's a big leap for a lot of people. And I think one of the challenges now is in those days I was talking about there were internet cafes everywhere where you could send you know, Skype, send messages home. the all those are gone now because everybody just has their phone. So yeah. I'm not sure that that way I was traveling even really exists anymore in those but, ten days that I had my, I had my phone stolen, I
1: was traveling with Richard and I every like every day I would get on, i like log onto his phone and like use it. Yeah. But during the day, it's amazing. You realize also how much people are on their phones, even in those places. And I think it really is a distraction because you're spending all this time and money to get to a place. Doesn't matter where you are in the world. You're spending all the time and money to get there. And then you're spending your time scrolling through Instagram, Escaping looking at people who are having fucking brunch in DC. Yeah. Who
0: gives a shit? You're in Morocco, or I that's an be, example, but... Be in Morocco instead yeah. of escaping back into social media or whatever, your group texts, group chats, and, and being back home. Fully be where you are. I think the, the 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 happy place here, take your phone, but don't get a local SIM card. Don't get any, like, a, a yeah. international plan, right? So then when you're out, you are out. The only time you can connect back to that phone is with Wi-Fi. Whenever you're, you know, yeah. There's so many things you can
1: download offline that would make your life easier. Like the things that Google Translate, Maps. Those are things that you'd be nice to have offline. Other than that, let it rock. We talk about how travel's addicting. It's the roll of the dice that keeps you going. It's the unpredictability. And this is like, it's like grabbing like,
0: oh, here, here's six more die. Get rolling. <laughs> yeah. I think you are adding a lot more unpredictability. And wouldn't you agree that those moments where you are lost and you do like need help or you don't have the the information or the know-how and somehow you figure it out on your own? Again, yeah, you come out of like that I feeling said, like a badass. Yeah. Yeah. And those are they leave deeper impressions. And I really think they make you a better traveler, maybe a better person at the at Growth. the end of it. Growth. Enhance. Growth. <laughs> So, all right, here. well, leading right, into my hot yeah, yes.
1: uh, it is very transport-themed, so here we go. Neck pillows are a waste of space in every sense of the word. I don't care if you're traveling for three days or three months, taking up that much space for something that is not even that comfortable is absolutely absurd. If it's not on your neck, where is it? I'm telling you, it's collecting germs and debris. Debris. <laughs> From the airport, the train station, the ground, and shit—maybe even a taxi—I said the T word there. Taxi. Mm-hmm. There is no good place to put it that isn't around your neck. Which leads me to the last point: it doesn't look slick. I don't care if you're trying to meet a new group of friends in Southeast Asia, or if you're trying to be a fashionista. I'm look—I'm not very fashionable, and you know that. No. Okay. God bless you, I'm, but you try, Nate rude, uh, but I'm not going to like Paris and how am I going to have like the cute pic- pictures of me under the Eiffel tower? What I'm trying to say is, is a neck pillow a good accessory to any outfit? The answer is nay. And I'm going to extend this to last thing. I don't care what device it is that helps you sleep on a plane. It is not worth lugging around for the rest of your travels. What are your thoughts on this, Brad?
0: Nate, Nate, tag me and I'm coming from the, I'm coming from the top rope. Smack tag. <laughs> um, I cannot stand. Well, Here's my thing, guys, the only acceptable place to wear a neck pillow is on a plane or a train or bus wherever for that moment that you're using it. I cannot stand seeing dudes rocking around with neck pillows through an airport terminal. It is just like, it's the continuation of this, like, let's roll out of bed and walk into an airport in my flip flops and sweatpants. It's just you're not you're not rocking comfort. I mean, I don't mind getting comfortable on a long haul flight. You might as well pack a fucking sleeping bag then, because that's the <laughs> level that's the level we've gotten to. How people travel on planes, it is like American, and you don't see this that often in the rest of the world. It's like whatever. It's it, airports are like free for alls. It's, like, it's want to Get fucked lip- up at
1: nine a.m. Go for it. You want to sleep on the floor in
0: front of like hundreds of people? Go for it. There are no rules in the airport. At what point did airports become an extension of your living room, bro? It is just—it's—it's mm-hmm. it's awful, and the neck pillow is just part of that. I, I can't stand it. Again, what you're saying for what you're getting out of it for the three or four hours to then have that in a luggage or or whatever and eat up all that space Ooh, it's it's attached cr- to the outside of your bag, just incredibly inefficient. Oh, travel schmegma. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god
1: but yeah um, I, I i i will say full disclosure i do travel with a like a small pillow and i know that's like oh wow that's a really bougie you got to control the variables you can i also say like you know i it, can sleep on a plane
0: is it the same pillow you've had <laughs> since you were in high school
1: no i can't more or less i've gotten does new it ones. have it's a like name insane. no it doesn't have a name it yeah uh, I have like a, I like travel like two, a pack two travel like I I make sure it's clean and sanitary because I'm aware of travel schmagma. <laughs> again, I shouldn't have said <laughs> <laughs> it's. I anyway. just don't
0: see any situation where it should be really socially acceptable to wear to wear one, again outside of a, a train or plane or bus, and yet. It never fails me ever. And the funniest thing is it'll be the dude with like $300 Jordans on <laughs> yeah. and like a gold chain. And there he is with his neck pillow.
1: Somewhere in the Hypebeast community, they <laughs> yeah. were like, neck pillows are sick on the road. I'm just that waiting, is our prerogative.
0: I'm just waiting for Supreme to, to do a neck pillow. Oh, drop. you know that
1: exists somewhere out
0: there. <laughs> oh <laughs> uh, man you got anything else on the on the next oh, no. pillows, yeah, i'm, I'm fine i'm still em- feeling hot though empty the tank all right let's uh let's keep it moving here our our big segment today as Nate alluded to and I did in the intro, revolves around transportation. We're going to try and unpack some of our transportation hacks as tradition or as kind of our format. We're going to do it in a game style, and that game is called Start the Goddamn Meter. We get this name from a travel story I have, and I've we've recorded this podcast six times by now, and I'm trying to tell this story as quick and as entertaining as I can on the seventh time. So here we go. I was in Mexico with my best friend. We just got hammered all day. It was our last day in town, drinking in back alleys, just getting after it. 11 o'clock rolls around. We get in a cab. He pulls away. And again, I can't stand cab drivers abroad. It's, they're like my mortal enemy in the travel world. <laughs> my arch nemesis, if you will. So we get in this cab. Guy just straight up doesn't start to meet her. And I tell him, hey, man, Please start to meeting. And he's like, that's not how this works. He's like, you're just going to pay this fat rate. And I was like, I'm not going to pay this fat rate. Pull the cab over, Pull the cab over, hopped out of the cab. This guy called our bluff, got out of the cab, chased me and my best friend down. Next thing you know, this is 11 o'clock at night, I'm brrr, running off in Spanish, full argument with this guy. All of a sudden, the Mexican military rolls up 15 dudes, semi-automatic rifles, and they're like, what are you guys doing? I don't care. Like, I don't even flinch, Nate. I look at these guys and was like, this guy's a fucking dick. And, <laughs> and we get after it. Sure enough, like five minutes into having this all out argument, my buddy taps me on the shoulder. He's like, Brad, what are you doing? I'm like, Joel, shut up. He's like, Brad. I have a handful of weed. I'm like, Joel, what the fuck? <laughs> so needs to say, I had to switch my game up a little bit, but I didn't want to give in too early. I finally look at this cab driver, the the soldiers are done with us. They're just purely here for entertainment. Look at him, he's like, all right, the cab driver's like, all right, all right, let's get out of here. Get in the cab, tell me the address. He starts driving away and I go, now start the goddamn meter. <laughs> and that's how we got the title of this podcast uh, of this segment. So, how the game's going to work is each we're going to set a timer for a minute and each host will have that time to explain their unique transportation hack that will help you when traveling on the road. Pretty clear enough. Let's get into it. Nate, you're on the clock first. Let me get the let me get the the meter going. The old girl, the meter here. All right. All right, are you ready? One, two, three.
1: Take travel into your own hands. Grab it, embrace it, suck it up, throw it in your mouth because you're you're doing it now. I'm talking about getting a rental car, or more importantly, get on the brips and braps. I'm talking about renting a scooter or a motorcycle. Get your own wheels and let it rock. Most countries, whether it's Asia or Italy, you can rent a scooter for three to $20 a day, and you can do whatever you want. I'm incredibly biased, but I think it's the best way to travel because you can pull over, stop and do whatever you want, you see some road, let's hit it. You see some restaurant, let's stop. You can't do that on a bus or a train, so you gotta let it rock and you gotta go find it. I will say, it is a bit dangerous, yes, but don't be drunk, don't be a jackass, wear closed-toed shoes, wear a helmet, and just don't be stupid. And then, you know what? It will pay off because it is the best way to travel.
0: I'm with it. Two points here. I think the most important thing is once you do this, once you start to take matters into your own hands, you can't it's go just, back. It's incredible and you can't go back. I mean, I, um, I've driven around the country a bunch of times and I've rented cars abroad and it's not that uh, as daunting as you might think, actually, but... I got on a bus a couple years after I'd really started doing this myself and I just sat on the bus staring at them like the most miserable, like, <laughs> miserable oh, that travel was, that was and cool. I was like, oh, look at that awesome roadside diner or <laughs> look at, you know, look at that beautiful oh, that's you know, sick. Yeah. mountain or hill I'd like to drive up a, you know, any of that stuff. So I'm with you. Now, if you've been listening to these podcasts, you'll know Nate is a big, big scooter guy, big, big- scooter guy. <laughs> It's the brips and the braps and that's pretty much it for me. I'm a one trick pony. And this is where I have to step back off. The ledge, my friend. Is that Nickelback or what? Oh, uh, no, that? that's that's Jumper by Third Eye Blind. Oh, well, anyway, in that room, I have a rule when traveling and that is do not ride scooters abroad. As as much as like Nate wants you to grab those two wheels. <laughs> and would you say slurp it up? <laughs> um Throating I have seen mouth. I throw it in your mouth what uh, I have seen particularly in Southeast Asia and I've heard some friends in Greece and other parts too like when you're traveling through Southeast Asia like every 10th person you run into has some like gnarly bandage or scar on their body because they thought it would be a good idea to jump on a scooter in a foreign land that they have absolutely no idea how to drive in. Or how, how, what kind of quality these scooters are, and it's a quick way to, uh, you know, shorten your trip. Yeah, to and that's shorten fair. your trip or, I, or to, to monkey wrench your. trip.
1: And I'm saying, I'm saying, trying to mitigate that by giving you some advice on that in terms of, you know, wear pants and long sleeves if you're actually nervous because that's what they recommend. I got my motorcycle license. I wanted to go to Vietnam when I was 22. My parents were like, all right, bring an American helmet, get your motorcycle license, and find a way to pay for it. I was like, deal, 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 and I think it really did help getting sure. a motorcycle license. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, everyone else I was with didn't have one and no crashes. There was no accidents. Speaking on that, why I get kind of getting back to the ethos of this is Vietnam is full of so many amazing places and people, but the best experiences happened when something broke down or, you know, you're hungry and you're like, let's stop for pho and it's just the best fun. and some old lady with hairy feet's like berating you as you're eating the you know, best bowl of rice needles you ever had. It is just the unpredictability of it is addicting. It's intoxicating. No and doubt. also, not to, just to mention this on the Brips and the Braps, it's fun. You said you had one day. <laughs> you had one day in Thailand, and I know it was one of the best days of your whole time
0: in Southeast Asia. It was. It was. No, it's no lie. And I'm saying straight up, you, you did it the way you should, like familiar sides, in country, at home. Know your way around a scooter lease. I think where most people fall in, fall in and get into trouble here is they're like last minute. They get talked into it. They don't have any experience. Everybody else is doing it and they jump on it, even with reservations. Next thing you know, they spill it and, and I it's, think it's game over. One thing I will say is
1: I, I was talking about Freak in Cambodia, but they're... You know, like the the helmets that they you eat Dippin' Dots out of at the ice, like at the baseball game. Yeah, he had that. one of those on like backwards. It was that thin. It was it was like a little little plastic bucket, more or less. And I was like, like "Brain, bucket. that is doing for <laughs> that is doing nothing for you, Frank." But um, look for well, a good helmet. You know, yeah, like, yeah. look for something that looks
0: a bit more and like. If, I don't if, know. If you know you're going to ride a lot, bring a home like you did. That was great. One one amendment, uh, not amendment. It's, but like, one, it's like a neck pillow. <laughs> <laughs> one sidecar addition I have to this is if you are taking wheels into your own hands, and this largely applies to Europe, um, and you're driving around, they have speed cameras everywhere. Mm. And my hack is never pay a speed camera ticket in the country you get it in. They they just, they'll maybe send it to your home. Some have gotten smart and will bill the, the car rental company and they'll bill your credit card. I have but,
1: a $40 ticket in Germany that I've yet to pay. And every week my sister goes, Nate, have you paid it? And I'm like, this is such a fucking headache. It's just, it, I, I don't know how to fucking
0: never, wire never money ne- to
1: Deutsche Bank. What are They're they never going to
0: find you, and they don't. They don't tag it to your passport. I've got at least a grand of tickets in Spain that I have never paid. I was actually pulled over in Australia, and this wasn't even a camera. This was a cop pulled me over, gave me a speeding ticket, and it was like. So you're not from here is like, do you plan on coming back to Australia in the next three years? And I was like, no, he's like, well, what I would do, it's like, I would put this in your pocket and then forget about it. And I was like, my guy, bro, good looking out. And sure enough, he was like, they sent something to my house and he told me that they would, but I never paid it. And he was like, you know, that's that. So anyway, that's another one. If you do want to get on the road and rent some wheels, keep that in mind as well
1: all right well let's hit it this is your first transportation
0: hack are you ready brad i'm ready let's do it start the goddamn meter my hack is always carry your essentials on you passport credit cards iphone camera whatever it is for you the philosophy here is you want to stay in the game what this looks like is lost baggage on a plane or probably most common somebody steals a bag that you've left in the bottom of a bus or over in the overhead area of a train. Believe me, it's not as uncommon as you might think. People literally make a living out of this and prey on people. The worst case here is if something like that does happen, at least you would still have your essentials you need to keep traveling on you and that, That gets you home, right? Or get you into a hotel room until you can sort it all out. If you lose it all in one go, you'll likely have to pause your trip and lose a couple days of sorting out all the money issues, police reports, et cetera, et cetera. What do you think,
1: Nate? I think that is completely fair. I have lost all of those things at different points, but not all at the same time. And it's it's scary if you lose... I mean, even losing your passport is that's probably worst case scenario, yeah. but each one of those things, you know, carries a different purpose, carries a different weight. I don't know. Do you feel like there's an easy way? Cause phones have gotten too big. Like phones have gotten big. Passports aren't, I, I feel like I, my passport stopped scanning cause I kept on putting it in like this wet, sweaty ass pocket. Don't worry. It wasn't cargo shorts, but it was something very similar. What
0: are your, what are your hacks in terms of getting that done? All right. So real quick, you mentioned phones. Phones are like the number one thing stolen. That's the number one target, whatever. But if you lose a phone, you can still get by. Here's my travel setup, Nate. You're, you're apparently, you're going to get off better, right? As you <laughs> said in your hot take, maybe it might be they might be doing you a favor. Here, here's how I navigate this: front pocket, Selly, wallet with driver's license in cash. Then I have the not the not sexy, but incredibly utilitarian money belt. If you don't know what a money belt is, it's like a little pouch in the front with a belt that strips around stuff a bunch of shit in it. That's where I put my passport, a check card, large bills, and maybe an extra credit card. Then I have a backpack or day pack. That'll be usually camera, electronics, and maybe like a little sly hundo in there, just in case some shit pops off. And then finally, I'll have the luggage. And in my luggage, I'll hide an extra credit card, like in a book or a journal or something. And then I'll have another Hundi in like a pair of socks or something like that. So I've spread all these things around, right? The first to go luggage, then maybe my backpack. But if you want my money belt, you better have me strip in front of you to get that, right? And so that's the most ex- essentials. And the front pocket too is like, you really got to be good to get into my tight jeans and get my wallet and my They sofa. are tight. <laughs> so do you subscribe to any of those, those yeah, tools? Yeah, I,
1: I, I had a money belt, which is like this little, like, it was kind of like for exercising. But I used it, and back then it was my like an iPhone six, and it just slipped in there real nice. because um, I also wore shorts without pockets most days. And so I would be kind of reliant on that in terms yeah, of money, no doubt. some a few cards and my phone. And I usually would find a safe place in the passport uh, back home, but or back at the the hostel. Also, just so you know, I feel like people want to read your diary. So I don't know if putting your debit card in your diary is the best move. Uh, a diary, book,
0: anything, wherever you need to. You he, seems, he seems brooding. I want to see his diary. <laughs> You're unmentionables. I will tell people, on as far as money belts are concerned, I, I might be older on this spectrum of listeners or whatever, but I've been rocking a money belt since I was 21. And it has never failed me. I have played basketball in that thing, pick up soccer. I've had sex with that thing on. That thing literally never comes off my body unless I'm in the shower. And it has served me right. I've only lost one phone. Well, really one phone. And that was being an idiot. Otherwise passport always in check. I don't trust some, some hotels and hostels and some other places with the safes and leaving passports and stuff there. I don't think a passport is a high, high target. But Mm. it's always nice to just to have that little of comfort there that knows that, you know, I'll I'll always have that. Anyways. That that is the goods on that. Nate, let me cue you up for your next hack. Yep. I am ready. I'm ready to
1: hit the ground running. Buzz me. How to defeat corrupt cabs. I'm not saying that all cab drivers are dumber than you, but what I am saying is that you are smarter than all cab drivers. (laughs) (laughs) Show the world that this isn't your first rodeo and arm yourself with the information and develop that sense of travel pride. I think there's a sense of pride to defeating these corrupt cabs. One, take a cab and make sure the meter's on. Just like Brad said, say, start the goddamn meter. Easy enough. Two. Some places are a bit more liberal with their meter usage, so you can establish a fixed rate before you go. You can either do that through Google, a concierge, a local, but negotiate it before you even get in the cab. No doubt. Lastly, and this is the best point, the apps. You can use Wi-Fi, use a SIM card, whether it's Uber, Grab, or whatever that country has. Use that. Attach your debit card. It's a cashless way. You know what you're getting into, and bada-bing, bada-boom, you arrive. Lastly, you can use that as a way to benchmark for fixed rates in other cars does that make okay yeah also i just want to say every time i hear this it sounds it doesn't sound like a but it sounds like a fucking entering cell block nine <laughs> yeah.
0: open door for <laughs> exactly what are your uh, thinking what are your thoughts on defeating corrupt cabs i'm i'm with you on all of those i mean that's that's it that's the that's the playbook that is, you just laid it out. That's it, we're done here. Yeah. I, Stop the goddamn here. I, I want to piggyback on the last one. For some people who who, we've gotten so used to Uber, right? And Lyft and everything. Uber does exist in a lot of parts of the world. It gets a little tricky in Europe. Some countries have banned it. And Southeast Asia, they're just different. One is called uh, Cabify. That's in South America. and You can also find that in Europe. You said the other one is Grab, and then isn't there Grab Go-jack? and
1: Gojek, or like in um, Indonesia, Vietnam, Thailand? Some of these Those can be even like... be
0: scooters. Anyway, yeah. we've all become so used to that that when you get in country, when you arrive at the airport, if you don't have a, a international plan or or anything airports will always have Wi-Fi that you can rip. And one of my best things to do is just get in there, hop on the airport Wi-Fi, order the Uber, bang, and then get to where you need to go. And then once you're there, you can sort out how you wanna navigate cabs and everything. And then there's so much Wi-Fi around cities and and foreign countries these days that you can always hop into like a cafe cafe or something and, and use it, but you save so much money that way. Yeah. you're you're always gonna get ripped off like that's part of that's part of the game like somebody's gonna get you at some point in transportation it's part of earning your stripes and paying that tax man you have to yeah. you have to pay a tax to travel the thing is is you just can't let it happen all the time otherwise yeah. it'll just like you're gonna be broke you just eat your budget every bre- day breaking the bank I so in into in
1: Indonesia <clears throat> In some, place, some places in Asia, there's, like, the airports, and I would just walk out, and people would be, like, grabbing my arm. It was, like, getting through a mall of people, and I'm, like, pushing away. I'm my own taxi. I'm my own taxi. <laughs> and I'd get through. I'd get a SIM. I'd, like, walk, like, 100 yards away from the airport, get a SIM card, and then uh, I'd get on the back of a scooter. And it was $1 versus $15. Yeah. And it was fun. It was quicker because we were, like, bobbing through. And I just – I got to the – like, I got off the scooter. I was, like,
0: I fucking won. I'm the man. <laughs> that's uh, another that's another little hack too is I think it's better for train stations or even bus depots. Some bus depots can kind of be dodgy, so be careful of just walking out of a bus depot, but if you're in a if you're in a train station that's like pretty well populated and you walk outside and it looks nice, there's usually a fare associated with picking somebody up at a train station, an extra like 2-3 euros. I know in Spain that's the case. So a, another little hack is like if you're really trying to scrape and save some dough, just do like Nate did say, I walk. am my own taxi. And just walk like literally three blocks away and catch a, catch a cab on the street and save yourself those, you know, three, four euros. Yeah. All right, let's hit my last one. Yeah, let's hit it. Are you ready? Let me uh, have you
1: enter word four here. All right. <laughs> Start the goddamn meter. That was loud.
0: All right, my last transportation hack is... Play the dumb American. Westerner, foreigner, whatever. Don't play too dumb, because there's no helping an idiot. Helpless is probably the better word here. If your gate is about to close at the airport, if you're lost on the subway let your helpless gene take over i see so many travelers just accept their fate on the road and miss a train or overpay for a taxi like we said fuck that nate give somebody the opportunity to help you if the first person you ask won't move on to the next there's some innate human quality inside us all that wants to help the stranded soul in a foreign land Be open to that kindness, that energy. I can't tell you how many times it's come through for me on the road. Are you with me? I think it is, it is
1: absolutely the motto. And I think there's two ways to take it. There's.
0: I thought you were going to get into some Drake the, the,
1: there's the good faith. There's the good faith way, which is saying same thing like, can you please just help me out? I was trying to park my motorcycle in Vietnam, and I like, kept on being mad, being like, why can't I park it here? And they kept on shaking me away. And finally, I get to the point where I'm like, can you please help me? And I just like smile and like hug the guy. I think that's like in terms of just asking the world to help you out and yes. kind of saying – it's clearly pretty obvious you're not from here. The advanced maneuver – is saying I didn't know I couldn't do that. And that's that's like a you're pressing your luck on this. That's where you know, you're cutting people in line when you're trying to get into Russia, you know, some of those advanced maneuvers, it's a bit more of a gray area than you'd think in a
0: lot of the world. But at I the same it, time, I think, I think, it's, think it's more start, <laughs> I think it's more on the dick area of traveling. You start cutting people and cheating the system. I think you know, asking for forgiveness after doing something is good.
1: That's what I'm saying. That's pretty much what it is. I didn't know I couldn't do that. Is oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that one's a little more taking. I'm ax- I'm you know,
0: we're in agreement. We're talking. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm picking up to turn.
1: Yeah, but do you think? I mean, what's the fine line for you? You know, do you feel like you have to pay it back? Like, do you think there's some sort of karma where you have to give it back in terms of like? No, you're absolutely. shaking your head.
0: Absolutely. No, 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 the, absolutely. Well, this you're is not,
1: the, that's fucked then.
0: Then that, that's more no, fucked No, 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 no. This is the kicker here. It's like, that's the thing about karma. You have to write the karma on your end at some point. You can't just play that's helpless. Yeah, yeah. And I'm saying, yes, you have to okay. write it at some point. You've got to pay it forward when you're back home or wherever you feel like the role is reversed. You just can't be the helpless, you know, asking people to, to get you through your trip because you can't get your shit straight. Um, you know, you've got to just stumbling around with a fucking neck pillow, not being able to get
1: your shit together.
0: You've got to pay it, pay it forward. So I have a
1: rule with hitchhiking where no matter how many times I hitchhike, I have to give that many people rides. And I think I'm, I'm like, I've got one in the bank. Or maybe I'm one down.
0: It's pretty close. <laughs> well, you better figure it out for the next time you go. Exactly. Abroad. Yeah. Before I get struck by lightning.
1: But yeah, I do think that's a really good point. I think, you know, using using that in terms of trying to get just that little extra push you need when the margin's close, you're having a tough time. There's days where you're not having a good day and you're like, I just need a little bit of help.
0: And I think... You know, we're so used to wherever you live, wherever you call home, being so self-sufficient, right? And there's so much on demand these days with the Uber. Like imagine going to a country now that doesn't have Uber. You just like, what, how do people get around anymore? And there's, there's a certain amount of pride about handling your own and getting your stuff. But when you go into a place and you walk into India and you look at the bus schedule and you don't speak Hindi, bro, you are going to need somebody to help you. I don't care how, you know, how many apps you've got and how optimized your travel is, like you just really need to. And so I'm, this is kind of like telling people to drop that wall. Drop the pride, I think too. Drop the pride, yeah. And you know, sometimes you have to play it up a little bit.
1: I so I completely people get agree. so people the, the get lip the lip quiver the uh, eye the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the single
0: tear yeah. the the lost lonely the but, but dumb yeah America.
1: I think if you put the effort out there don't also don't ever give up on a on a train bus plane automobile until it's actually left the station that's one of my dad's tenants, one of his cornerstones of travel Absol- absolutely and I mean so many times it's kind of like a tag team between you booking it you pushing the envelope and then someone helping you out. Please, can you just open the gate for one second?
0: Yeah. Or like you go online or you go to a bus depot and they're like, ah, this bus is sold out or something, you know, but then you ask just one more person and they go, hold on, let me look at some things. And all of a sudden, like, maybe they're give you the AC class coach that somebody just canceled. It's always worth asking. Never give up. Yeah, definitely.
1: All right, well, that's wrapping it up there for Start the Goddamn Eater. I know I had a good time. Hopefully, you got a few uh, few giggles, a few laughs. A couple hacks. A couple hacks for the road. (laughs) Everyone knows the road provides, so let's move on to the last segment here. It is our off-trail destinations. I don't know who said it, but it is vernacular for my generation. We out here. And when I say we out here, I'm talking about off-trail destinations, places that might not be on your radar – but let's get out there
0: so what is your off-trail destination for us right now brad all right my off-trail destination this week is <clears throat> san sebastian spain i believe nate that one day we will look back at what's happening in san sebastian right now i was getting like i was getting way too in this right now i had, I had to pull off the brakes a little bit i think we'll look at san sebastian and recognize it as one of the cultural capitals of europe and our generation that's not that's not hyperbole. I'm not trying to blow... Like a smoke.
1: Midnight in Paris scenario.
0: Yes. So what it's doing gastronomically, who's been there, who's cooking there, who's learned there, we'll see it in the same light as Tangier in the 1950s, maybe your Midnight Paris in the 1940s, though that may be a bit of a stretch. San Sebastian, and this is hyperbole, <laughs> seduces you at every turn. It's straight up intoxicating. They have two beautiful beaches which, for my money, make it the best place in Spain from June to September, and I don't even think that's debatable. Put a stamp on it, come at me if you want it. Damn. As I mentioned, gastronomically, many consider it to be the epicenter of the world right now. If you want proof, it has the highest concentration of Michelin stars on the planet. If you're a foodie and haven't been sent to San Sebastian, I don't believe you. <laughs> You're not <laughs> a foodie. No foodie. <laughs> you need to take a long look in the mirror and ask yourself why. I chose San Sebastian as an off-trail destination because it's not the Spain most people think of. This is Basque country. It's an autonomous region of Spain that boasts its own language, Basque or Euskera and its own unique heritage and customs. Forget bullfighting, flamenco, sangria, paella. The Basque, they play handball and enjoy rowing. They drink cider and a white wine called Chocoli. And when it comes to food, as I said, I could do a whole podcast on Basque cuisine, but I'll ask you when this is over to Google Pinchos, P-I-N-X-T-O-S. When the podcast is over, and have your mind blown. Kind of wrapping this up here is, when it comes down to it, San Sebastian isn't a place you really just kind of like go to see, there's not a list of to-dos. It's a place you go to experience. It's a lifestyle more than a destination. You spend days shuffling from restaurant to restaurant, from beach to beach, you take naps, you stay out late, you go on long walks through the rolling hills in the countryside, you sleep in on the weekends, That's San Sebastian. And one of the best things really for me when it comes down to it as a city, there's just no huge crush of tourist, tour buses of Americans or Chinese that you find in Barcelona, Madrid, Sevilla, Granada, right? It's in that nice little sweet spot of a city and a town. And and that's really enjoyable to go on a vacation, particularly in a place like Europe and have that vibe to it. So a couple quick hits, some things... You want to keep in mind, it's about an hour flight from Madrid or Barcelona. There's also a beautiful train you can take from Madrid to San Sebastian. If you like to hike, there's some lovely trails in and around the city that that go along the coastline, through farmland and whatnot. The whole coastline is great for surfing in the summer. If you wanted to learn how to surf on vacation, I don't think a lot of people associate Spain with surfing, but. They've got some great beaches and some great surf to do that. Any of you Game of Thrones fans, Dragonstone is about an hour or so drive from the city, and it Dragonstone, and it and it lives up to it. I would just add that you go there for sunset. It is it's pretty incredible. Um, and just in general, there are a lot of nice little day trips from San Sebastian that'll add variety. Whether you're going into to the To the forest, you're going into a cideria, a a cider house that's, you know, 30 minutes inland. You're going to these other little beach, cute communities and towns and whatnot. If for some reason you get tired of eating amazing food and laying on the beach day, there, there are those options. You can also go to Bilbao, which is about a 40 minute bus ride from St. Sebastian. They have the Guggenheim there, which is awesome. And it is a city that is really going through this great creative revival so that's that nate that is san sebastian
1: look at i have said this numerous times brad but i really want to get up into that part of spain i've only done those other places you talked about and i feel like a schmuck to be honest you look like i also a thought schmuck. myself as i was a foodie also feel like a schmuck because <laughs> i'm not but yeah i think you know every every podcast we record we get deeper and deeper into a lockdown of international travel and i get more and more and more excited to go to some of these places that do seem, you know, very different than anything you can find in the States, I do love – I can make do with what I have. But at the same time, this hour of podcasting with you, I have an – I earn – yearn? I yearn, yearn. I yearn for those beaches and dragon stone <laughs> and everything in between. So, I, uh, yeah, I, I really sounds amazing. And, you know, I think food-wise, it just – If you I'm really want to
0: eat – and go to Spain, you just can't beat it. It's just absolutely there's nothing I went there a little over 10 years ago. I've been back 7 times since and I never get tired of eating there. Actually, I cannot wait to go back and eat there again. And I just don't know how many places you can say that about. And listen, like again, Spain isn't off-trail. We've kind of unpack- we've kind of done this dance with Italy and some other spots, but a lot of people just get so pigeonholed into the Barcelonas, Madrids, and Sevillas, and you should go there. But, but if you want to have a different experience, if you want to chill out so by the beach, you want to soak really it in, brace it, and really open yourself up to a different type of Spain. Again, I can't say that enough. How unique this region of Spain is, and their customs, and their way of life, and their people. They they are much more different from the from the folks in the south, and it's just a way to, to broaden your idea of what Spain is and what Spain can be. So if you don't go fine, cool, <laughs> I don't need you to be there. Cause I'm going to keep going and I'm going to keep eating my face off and I'm happy to do it. So we should go, Brad, I actually, I, we've never,
1: I've never like come on the podcast and said, Brad, take me somewhere. If anything, that just sounds like a good, um, a way to build you up as both a friend and wingman you can is we, can we Brad take sco- me there can we get I'm trying to
0: scooters can <laughs> we <laughs> exactly get on can the back we ride of my scooters scooter together?
1: Exactly. hey listen we're just gonna hey sorry we're just gonna get, sunset we're gonna go scooter off to Dragonstone
0: Brad jump on there depending on what you know I have to believe that come next um spring and summer we'll at least be able to travel to Europe there is a chance that I didn't take enough photos for this book I'm writing about the Northern coast of Spain. Mm. And I might just make an excuse to fly back there. And, and you are welcome to join me.
1: That sounds lovely.
0: So, all right, that's it. San Sebastian, Spain guys put on the list. Nate, Pump it up son. Are you ready?
1: Yeah. What, is, what
0: What kind of heat
1: are you bringing this week? Well, get on your get on your brip and your brap because I'm about to rev some engines right now. All right. Murmur. I'm taking us east. Yes. I Nate probably means the king of Asia and Latin, but here I go again. <laughs> what is the draw of South Korea and Japan?
0: Tokyo, Kyoto, The big city, the culture, the nightlife. Exactly. You are on it.
1: It's the pulse. It's the energy. In your draw of Southeast Asia, our Vietnams, our Thailands, it's going to be caves, waterfalls, temples, nature, food, nice people, and how that all intertwines into a sense of complete freedom. The place I'm taking you is the perfect blend of both. To quote the tourism board of this sweet nation... Taiwan is the heart of Asia. I am talking about Taiwan. <laughs> I'm getting revved. Uh, it is an absolute smorgasbord of all of Asia's best meats and cheeses. It is the sampler plate before you get into the howdas and the and the breeze and the howdas <laughs> and all those cheeses. It is a great place to start. So let's start it off, there's three things, the East Coast, the West Coast, Taipei. Taipei is a metropolitan city, but it's not as crowded as your Tokyo's, your Seoul's. It's like 2.5 million people compared to like 10, 15, 20. It has night markets, which you get in other parts of Southeast Asia, and it has my, a top five bite in the world, actually two of my top five bites in the world are in Taipei. That is a beef noodle, in Din Tai Fung has a soup dumpling that literally, I think I, my body would floated above myself and I look down and I go, there, there's Nate having the time of his life. <laughs> so besides that, I think it's really important to mention that th- this country, despite being cheaper, is has incredible infrastructure. It has high speed rail across the small island nation and you can get down to different places very quickly. So on the west coast, it is a bit more industrial, Uh, But there are some awesome things. Taichung City, there's Rainbow Family Village, which is a really cool spot, and I'll post pictures on the Instagram. There's also a thing called Sun Moon Lake, which is really getting your temple fix from Southeast Asia. You can either take a bus up, which my sister and her friend did, or... Rent a scooter. You can't (laughs) rent a scooter in in Seoul or or, or Tokyo. But what you can do here is it's just amazing mountain roads. And it was one of the best days of my whole time in Asia was this one day in western uh, Taiwan. On the east coast, you have these huge gorges with waterfalls. And then it kind of leads out to the ocean. It is kind of that nature you want to get from... Southeast Asia. And you can either, again, rent a scooter, which I didn't do, or you can have some guy just taxi around for like $7. It's so cheap. They make you wear a helmet. It's really great. But <laughs> either way, the last thing I want to mention about the East Coast, up on the East Coast, there's a village from the uh, anime movie Spirited Away. I have not seen it, but I heard it. It's like a cornerstone of anime movies. But this village is absolute magic. And what around, what's around there is just like these beautiful rolling hills that enter the ocean. And I was blown away with how much nature it was uh some just last things about the people and the place it is they speak a lot of english it's very progressive they have a female prime minister they defeated COVID like no one's business quick hits three to six dollars for a decent meal it's a great way to a uh, great place to visit to or from asia so you could easily fly in to taipei make five days seven days, ten days out of it, and then fly on and get on the rest of your trip in terms of whether you want to go to Japan or Southeast Asia. Either way, the best time to visit is, you know, your September through November. I was there during rainy season. It didn't bother me because I'm a fucking battler. But (laughs) other than that, I would say it's amazing because it's a lot less tourists. It is just an absolute hidden gem. And I think that is why I chose it as an offshore destination is because no one hears Taiwan and says boom temples. No one hears Taiwan and says boom amazing waterfalls. Footage. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's it's basically in short it's the best parts of Chinese culture without the
0: CCTV. Anytime I can el- eliminate Big Brother from my travels, I'm stoked.
1: I I honestly was blown away. I think my expectations weren't very high, but one of my sister's friends goes, "I heard Taiwan's a spot." Not even on a podcast, they just said it. <laughs> and the we went out there in the wild. And we went out there and we spent, I think, about a week. And, uh you know, it was pretty fast paced in terms of getting through the whole country. But I. It sounds I think,
0: like it sounds like putting on water wings and going into Asia. It's like a it's a great introduction, right? A soft place to land. Completely. English. um uh, People speak English. Proficiency incredibly modern from what from what I understand. Yeah. Transportation you said is super easy to navigate, and then you're cheaper. And then it's cheaper, and then you're getting like you said all these little slices of what you want. Slices. So from there, your next jump off, you kind of. You kind of know, all right. You know, oh, I'm, in, I'm into the noodles. I'm this into... temple, I've seen a temple, all right. Yeah, a, it's kind of a great way to ease yourself into to maybe some places that are a little more difficult to navigate in that region: Myanmar, Laos, Cambodia, whatever. Maybe in Vietnam, you know. Because
1: I feel I like when it's... I dropped when I was dropped into Hanoi at the age of 22, that's my first place in Asia. I w- well, I went to China went for five days when I was like 17, but very different Doesn't experience count. when you're by yourself yeah. and. I was like, "This is bonkers." You're, you're like the smell, and it's not even like in India. You're just like the smell, the noise, the traffic, the heat. It is just overwhelming the senses. And I think you know, if you can lessen that pain when you get to a place that's a bit you know, out of the comfort zone, why wouldn't you do it? Yeah, you know, it's so- fun. You're softening yeah.
0: the blow, and if you're if you're flying that way anyway, you usually will have to stop somewhere. Um, there's no if you're going deeper into Southeast Asia, to the Thailand's or, or whatever, you're going to have to stop in Hong Kong. You're going to have to stop in Tokyo, Ta- Seoul. Tokyo Taipei, Seoul, Incheon, whatever. So if if you kind of just want to redirect that, smartly figure out the flight to yeah. go through Taipei. And I
1: mean, Ava Air, you know, I, I looked up flights a while back, but it's, it's pretty affordable. I paid $420 one way to Vietnam through Taipei. And I mean, that's a pretty good price one way. And I think I was able to finesse the but at the same time, you just get it to Taipei. And then you can it, it's so cheap once you're in Asia to fly around.
0: Absolutely. So just get your flight to Taipei bada bing bada boom. Dude, and I can't stress enough too, that flight, if you can break it up, you know, and know oh, that, yeah. it, that you're going into a place that has modern comforts, English proficiency, where you can just go and adjust to the time difference. Maybe you're a jet lag guy, I'm not a big jet lag guy. But Sounds like <laughs> type, sounds like Taipei is a great place to start, is to be a jump off, and it's always good to have that, particularly if it's your first foray into a new region.
1: Yeah. So my one last thing is, in my, it's a pro tip. No matter where you are in Asia, loiter in front of a Seven Eleven. It is one of the best ways to just soak in the culture. You just go in and get like yourself a little snack, a beer, or maybe just a non alcoholic beverage if you're trying to not be as uh, crazy or fun. Um, but just stand up front and then, you know, we had this one night where we were just talking to these guys and our whole night got kind of changed because we were just standing out there for half an hour talking. And it is such a good way to kind of get the pulse of, of a city. And I think my biggest concern with America is that you can't loiter.
0: Yeah. And I think if, if anybody listening in the U.S., is hearing this, like, stand outside in front of uh, 7-Eleven. I don't know about where you're from, Nate, but the people who stand out front in 7 Yeah, it's not great. From, uh, are uh, scratching their necks or trying to bum a smoke or something from you. They got issues. But, dude, 7-Elevens in Asia are like... dude, They're quasi-grocery stores almost what you can find in them is amazing mind-blowing and they are just this hub of activity everybody from all walks of life kind of come and go from it's 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 a good little travel asia travel hack put it put it on there don't laugh at us trust us you can get some incredible bites and maybe uh meet a good stranger or two as well definitely
1: well i'm feeling good about this i think we uh how do we finally do? wrapped it up on this one for but...
0: uh, for for listeners out there this is take did we say it in the beginning this I think is it's ta- a five six or so i don't know this is take 912 on this one we've had some bad luck getting this pot out we switched i think this... the amount of ass sweat i have i should say <laughs> you and your gold bond and your <laughs> you're sweating you must have the most your pores must be the size <laughs> <laughs> My Ugh. spinoff
1: podcast will be about skincare. Uh, uh, anyways, I had a good time with this one, Brad, and I'm happy that we have attacked it in such a way. But I am looking forward to our last episode, our season finale, coming next week. Coming next the week, Great American Road Trip. Can yep. we drop that hint?
0: Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, big shout. Follow us. Follow big us at Instagram. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Big sh- big shouts to cheeks. She came up with the, uh, she sent a little, I asked you, asked listeners to tell us anything that you want to hear. And a friend of mine said, um, she'd love to hear some info on the great American road trip or the road trip into the U S. So we're going to unpack that next episode. And as Nate was getting into before I so rudely cut him off, follow us on the gram. Nate, what is it?
1: At the road provides pod. He as in Brad is at one man caravan and there's a lot of really good, high quality pouty pictures of Brad. <laughs> I think they're pouty. He doesn't. Um, if and you then said I said
0: that at, you said yeah. that episodes back and then you're like, here's the pouty pictures of you. I was like, I'm not pouting in any of them. Okay. And, then I, and then I sent you my most pouty picture.
1: <laughs> that is fair. Uh, and then I am at big end Sunday for a perfect blend of real estate, rollerblading and travel content. Uh, but yeah, dude, much love. I will see you. I'll see you next week in Montana.
0: Uh, two weeks. I'll ten, see you in two weeks ten, in Montana. <laughs> close, close enough. Please, somebody get up here. I'm about to lose my mother effing minds. I haven't I haven't seen anybody I know, since this all started. But anyway, can we finish this episode with untouched by the
1: Veronica's? You don't know that song?
0: Definitely not. Uh, We've asked before, and I'm asking again, if you haven't rated or reviewed the podcast on apple podcast, we'd, uh, we'd really appreciate it. Nate tells me it's important. So Love you guys. Thanks for listening. Nate, any shout outs?
1: Shout out to, yeah, my friends. And shout out to uh, my sister and all the female travelers out there. Uh, we want to give you some love too.
0: Dude, shout outs to everybody listening across the world. It's crazy. Uh, I think we've been listened to on like five continents. I think that speaks to... <laughs> how far we we've are, traveled how or how, how, we are how old I am but anyway thanks for every listen from all parts of the world we really appreciate it hope you guys enjoy yourselves and we're we're entertaining
1: Yeah.
0: alright all right. see you soon peace peace later Nate this is The Road Provides start the
1: goddamn meter take five this has to be take this is take five or take six at least all right i could start the goddamn meter in my sleep at this point (laughs)